0: Welcome to Tales from the Hood, letting you know what's good in the neighborhood. Yes, I thought I would play a little neo-soul vibes in the background because we're going to need some music for this one tonight. Yes. So the purpose of this podcast is to share connections to what residents have been experiencing over the years, and the responses from the various institutions that they would have to interact with or organizations. I have done work for a long time in the community outside of my own professional work, and my work, in the community, its purpose is from a place of restoration, wanting to restore what was taken from us, wanting to elevate us out of the mental entrapments and to share with the world the beauty the real beauty of our people there's a lot to share in terms of the experience that i've had in my journey for community work and there are podcasts that will be coming out regarding community and self-governance and what one needs to have properly to be most effective at this time. Because one of the things we want to avoid is a trip trap. And the trip trap has a way of um, exhausting our good will, our ambition, our drive, our desires for change or restoration or that which really matters for those who are engaging in community upliftment and normally what people are seeking is to see an upliftment so it's very puzzling to me as a person who has worked in a very influential environment and powerful too and working with many people tirelessly who put in a lot of time and effort to really get our names out there in a way of excellence. And observing and being there, being inspired and networking and communicating and in very much many moments being fond of those that the interaction is taking place with. And so I want to share with you how much of a contrast this other picture is. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's a big contrast. And, um, It's a contrast of one of an alarm like this is if, when one is watching the news and they're sharing about a tornado or an earthquake and they rate the scale to let you know how potentially dangerous it could be or not. Well, this is on the scale where it would be dangerous. And it's dangerous because it's been going on for so long. Going on for so long with people changing over in seats of power, but it's still continuing. And what I've come to realize is a lot of it is around this ideology called the Negro problem. Yes. Apparently, negro people are a problem, and it actually makes sense. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a negro woman. I identify as being Nubian more and color um I will share a podcast with you about the color. Yes, I will share a podcast about the color, because it's not about this tonight. But for, um, I guess, a historical reference, one can say Nubian. There are many ways of identity that can be identified in terms of more actual labels or classifications for Melanated people. And we'll have a podcast about that as well. But this one is about the contrast of what's happening to the people. You see, over the years, as seats of power changes, the issues never seem to change. And these issues are like housing, employment, equal opportunity or or discrimination, but those ones are like, not really there, there, we have crime, drugs, prostitution, human trafficking. And these are just a few. Now these ones identified historically when they became pinned down like this, they were attached to the Negro people as the Negro problem yes so when negroes were free going from chattel slavery to wage slavery they're now vying for employment and competition that while they are free is there to sort of box them out right which kind of in hindsight is a good thing because now they're not in a box so Several of them that were creative enough to be self-independent and create a viable infrastructure and productive economy was torn down in history under what some will know as the Black Wall Street. Yes, something happened. Um, I'll verify more facts about this because it's not particularly about that topic right now. So it's not the forethought of my mind, but the Black Wall Street was attacked by Europeans and it was burned down and a lot of people lost a lot. And quite frankly, the community hasn't built up in a capacity to that regard and that cohesiveness and that unity since. Now, what I find interesting in this Negro problem, especially one that has like really been from the Genesis and has become a the white man's burden. <laughs> this realization to me is just like OMG. Like, wow. they really see us as a problem. So what can we really do to solve this as us being a problem? So this problem comes from the idea that if you free the Negroes, they're going to be a big, big problem. They're going to be like a big problem to white people, whether it's like competing with you for jobs. Well, that's ideally how they would have put it. And so many free ones without the right job would leave them to linger into a state of degradation, they said. Um, Basically, um, returning to whatever state they would have been without the Europeans' um, influence in their life. They will resort back to barbarianism, savagery, being a beast, and so many other adjectives associated with these individuals and nouns. So along the way it was predicted, or I say predicted, because it's hard to say whether there really is a Negro problem or if a Negro problem was created. Yes. So as a systemic racism explorer, this is quite a fascinating, um, how would I say this? A fascinating uh, level of work to see this uh, for what it is and being a Negro myself. So this is this information has been very um engaging it has been absolutely engaging first of all because for the first time i can finally hear some truth yeah you know i could finally hear you know what we don't want these people around here they're gonna be a problem for us down the road no we don't want this the other side's like well you can't have the slavery because they've got to be free they're humans too and the other side's like look we've got this under control don't come in here don't do this this that And the other side's like, well, look, we have our people up here working and look, they're thriving. And, you know, what you're doing is affecting the economy. And so this is the United States, that is. And I use this as an example only because their influence has um, perpetuated throughout the world. Okay, so and many Americans came to Canada and the history is very connected, including the Underground Railroad and the KKK coming up as well to Canada and and joining certain political parties. So there's a long history here. And for the first time, I actually feel like I get white people because of these forefathers that spoke just outright because we weren't there. And they've had a lot of conferences about our lives, our future, what would happen to us when we were free, what could become of us, what would become of some of us, what would become of some of us based on being either darker skinned Negro or mulatto or quadroon and all these other names. It has been fascinating. And the only thing is that in teaching these men's ideology it can be used the wrong way as a way to um, affirm certain deplorable treatment to other people, which is what we're seeking to get away from. And so if there would be a way to introduce this topic without offending the people, um, it would be best. And when I say the people, I mean the students. Because I know in school sometimes, for me, there were instances in elementary school where teachers said certain comments that I thought were not appropriate to be said in terms of race relations. And I said this in another podcast where a teacher was sharing with us about this new scientist's findings and that the scientist's finding was that apes were more intelligent than Negroes. (laughs) And I sat in that class wondering, how on earth could this be said? Does anyone realize this doesn't seem right, you know? So yeah, you could take this information and try to do certain things and harm people psychologically. And I have heard this happen with the critical race theory of recent, where certain teachers are using the, the instruction to show what white people did as a way to make them realize what was done was wrong, but instead they're sort of affirming, like, "Look, this is what, are, uh, this is what you were before, and not much has changed." So there's this really weird taboo thing happening here. It's like, do you, do you want to help us, or do you want to keep playing psychological games with us? Like, take for example Mormons, um, Joseph Smith who founded the Mormons. Uh, I'll do another podcast on them and a lot on history later, and you're gonna love this and probably create some games as well. Now I have to pause here to share an important notice, which is this. I've had acquired so much research information and recordings that my computers are just like overloaded. And I have done my part to, offset and, and transfer files, etc. one of my computers had like 90% memory and it crashed. So I have another one, which I'm using now, which was recent this year, 2021. And there's already certain issues with this. What I found is based on certain things happening to it that I can't at this time figure out, um, nor others or those that I have gone to, um, the tech guys that I do know currently. And they were like, yeah, we can't figure it out. So what I'm saying here is when I am recording some of my work, the editing, I may not be able to completely properly edit because when I do, somehow it could possibly get erased even in getting a backup. So what I've decided to do is just be natural and just go with my flow, because I realized it's about the information. And I had a lot of other recordings and information that were on my other computers that when they shut down, um, well, you know, there you go. So it has halted the time in which I wanted to share a lot of this before. And so I've just decided to just go with what I know is what I need to do and those Who get it will see past the little hiccups or two and because we'll get it right we'll get it right and i just wanted to share that with you because the first intro that we did i had to go with the flow with this one and i realized after the recording that certain parts went in and out and in trying to edit the best like in editing i realized it was slowing down it was stalling it was doing that thing it normally does to me that should not happen so I said, you know what, you're not going to do this to me because you're stalling the message that needs to get out there. You're stalling the message that needs to get out there and I don't want that anymore. So I will figure out these gadgets (laughs) and work my way around it. So excuse me, as I learn these methods of podcasting and, you know, properly editing these videos on YouTube, um, I've been engulfed in other types of work. So. These little hiccups may be there where I can't properly cut out the video, but I had to put the message out, but I shall get better and we shall get better and we'll get it right. Having said that, let me return into this discussion on the Negro problem. And so here's something I want to share with you. It says the Mormons had an issue back and forth about, well, Negroes being part of their congregation. They believe that they should not have been, couldn't be part of, like, you know, especially the upper echelons of the church. Yes, that's right. So it's not just the Catholic religions that we have that were against, like, you know, Negroes and stuff like this. There was also the Mormons. They went back and forth periodically between supporting slaves and not supporting slaves I guess it's it was kind of when it suited them it seems and then they sort of joined the abolitionist side and I believe this is in where well I don't know but I will share something with you that they said okay and this was by a person whose name is Oliver Cowdery, and his issue seemed to have been directly concerned with the race. And he wrote an article that touched on most of the points raised in that era of time, of the abolitionist era. And this article dwelt on the future greater problems of this insurrection and the social implications of emancipation, okay? So here's what he said. Here we go. Get your popcorn. <laughs> Sometimes I I, I I want to have popcorn when I'm reading these because it's so tintil- um, titillating and um, informative and just like real, just like right there. Love it. At least we can have a better composite of what we need to do and what we're dealing with, not the runaround. So here we go. This is what he said. Let the Blacks of the South be free and our community is overrun with paupers and a reckless mass of human beings cultivated, untaught and unaccustomed to provide for themselves the necessaries of life. Yes, it continues endangering the chastity of every female who might by chance be found in our streets, our prisons filled with convicts, and the hangman, wearied with executing the functions of his office. This must unavoidably be the case. Every rational man must admit who has ever traveled in the slave states, or we must open our houses, unfold our arms, and bid these degraded and degrading sons of Canaan, a hearty welcome and a free admittance to all we possess? A society of this nature to us is so intolerably degrading, that the bare reflection causes our feelings to recoil and our hearts to revolt. So it's 2021 and there's an ego problem. And it has been here for years this is the ideology we're facing. Now, in urban communities where we have issues that have been lingering obviously from this time, in this community where I'm doing field studies, we residents have been seeking to come together to remedy the ill treatments and the underserved infrastructures and facilities. Yet, we have been denied by the city, by the landlords, by the property management staff, um, head office, um, various levels of government. It's mind boggling. Now, residents have said, if you reach out and seek to have a resident association, they will try to stop you. (laughs) That's what they said, you know, and I wanted to see what we could do to change the, ideolo- the ideology of what white people thought of us. And I thought that if we could bring ourselves together and show them that we want different, that they would want to give us different. But that hasn't been the case. Now, I'm a mom now, and we as the residents, as parents, and and just other residents and, and workers and, and different members of people here. We want to have a difference and our voice has been shut down and it has been s- sought to be silenced and many others have, and many others have been evicted. Like we recently launched or held a residence meeting in our lobby. My children and I, because I did community work before, I wanted them to see from early what it's like to be engaged in the community and see the issues that if they persist by their age, it shouldn't be, but see the issues that has plagued our societies versus seeing the privileges because the privileges are there already. That's a given. So you've got to get to see what's happening to us from a real place. And I took them with me to post poster signs to notify residents of a resident meeting because again, my ambition is to, you know, show like we're here, we want to make a difference, especially those of us that are Negroes, that we don't want to be a Negro problem. We want to solve the solution. We don't want white people to think of crime, drugs, prostitution, human traffic, and all these other things um, plaguing their societies as a Negro problem for political tools for elections. So they were with me when we did like, We posted 25 posters to notify residents of the meeting that was happening that evening. I saw staff. I saw management. I saw security. At one point, security was on their phone. I'm not sure if they were notifying somebody or anything like this. Remember, I have asked and requested for their assistance, and it was ignored and denied. I have not got into what was experienced from management or what residents have experienced. I have shared some. But it wasn't enough and it wasn't too clear, but I will do it where you can get more of this. Do you know what happened? By the time seven o'clock came for the meeting, all the signs were taken down. That morning, I was with my children. I wanted them to see what it was like. The staff saw me with my children. Other residents saw me too. And one resident saw us in the morning and I spoke with him particularly and said, about 7 p.m. When 7 p.m. came and he came about 7 just after around 7 and he showed up, the first thing he said to me was, tell me something. How did I see you this morning? Putting up signs everywhere. And when I get home, there are no signs. How did they get taken down? (laughs) That was the same question I had, especially when I had to answer to my children who were crushed to see that this happened. They were excited to be a part of something, to be a part of something wonderful from young people, to show themselves as, as young young men out here wanting to be involved and they were excited. And if it wasn't for me to speak to them and show them, you know, the light. I think what happened to what they did was deplorable for them to take down the signs, knowing that my children were there. What's that trying to tell young men? Don't even bother trying. Don't even bother working for your community. We're not interested. We don't wanna hear what you have to say. We don't want you to meet. We don't want you to fix the problems. We don't care that the children are playing in garbage. We don't care that the garbage bins are filled up. We don't care that the roads are broken down. We don't care that the residents are mentally stressed out. We don't care that the elevators are broken. We don't care that there's distractions happening in your homes. We don't care that people are coming into your homes. We're not listening. We're taking down the signs. You're not. I was shocked. Now you tell me what's the message given there in comparison to what was said, particularly what I just shared. They want to say the Negroes are a problem. Are these deplorable degrading people yet? They're in conditions that are deplorable and degrading from not being maintained. And those that are stepping up are being shut down. How does this make sense? And this, like the residents said, is exactly what the residents said. Okay? Not only that, this is what residents have been saying for over 30 years. Why hasn't this stopped by now? So, something between then and having a Negro problem and politics and politician, because then you can elect politicians based on a Negro problem if if it persists. But we don't want you to make us be a problem for your gains when we're not a problem wanting to correct a situation that needs correcting. So that's this edition. I I had to share this. It was necessary to share this episode um, because residents are really being held back. It's not a question it's happening and it needs to stop and we could do this. We could do this with the culture reset. We could do this with the culture reset and we can reset now. Visit www.letsresetnow.ca. It's for the community by the community. Thanks for listening. To Tales from the Hood, letting you know what's good from the neighborhood.